Firearms is excited to be partnering with fellow Ohio company Rocky Boots on an amazing giveaway. You can win a special edition Faxon Rocky Code Blue FX-19 equipped with night vision sights, Overwatch Precision Blue Line Trigger, Crimson Trace CMR204 and CWL300, and a custom coating and engraving job from One-Off Coatings LLC, and free boots for life from Rocky. Visit FactsAndFirearms.com to enter. Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of the Facts and Blog and Podcast. We are excited today to give you a little educational, you know, content. It's, uh, it's homeschooling. Or as, you know, Fat Albert would say, you're like school in July, no class. But this is going to be some class. We're going to give you a high-level overview of some barrel shopping 101. And what are the profiles about? What length do I choose? What is fluting? You know, what is Faxon offer? How does, uh, you know, modern barrel manufacturing compare to traditional barrel manufacturing uh, from when the AR platform began? Um, today, uh, Pat Murphy is back with us, our director of sales. And for the first time on the podcast, Mark Eiselt, who is our lead armory technician. Mark, you want to take a minute just to introduce yourself and tell the folks what you do at Faxon? Sure. Hi, guys. Mark Isolt. I do all the assembly and testing here at Faxon. So all those new guns coming out, me and my team have laid hands on. And you, uh, you know, you've, you've been in firearms in a few different realms before, right? Like you've basically done everything from work the counter to doing custom builds yourself to doing even customer service at Faxon when you first came on. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I actually even had an FFL in class three way back when things were affordable. So kind of <laughs> lifelong gun nerd. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, guys, we're going to hop right in. And uh, just like everybody in the world, from us to Conan O'Brien to Jimmy Fallon, we're all using Zoom for our shows these days. So I'm going to share my screen and we're going to go over uh, a little barrel 101 lesson. All right. So let's hop right into it. Things to consider when you are picking a barrel. Um, you know, Pat, let's start with you. When, when you're barrel shopping for yourself, or maybe you have a friend or a family member asking you, where do I even start? You know, what are some of the things that you tell them to consider? First and foremost, um, you got to kind of define your role. You, you need to determine before you start buying parts, what is this rifle going to be doing or pistol or, you know, any other firearm for that matter. So that's, that's the most important thing. Um, there are some caveats with local and federal laws. So if you want to build a rifle federally, you have to have a 16 inch minimum overall length for your barrel. Now that can be in the form of a 14.5 that's been pinned and welded, or alternatively, you could go with something like our integral muzzle device barrels where the muzzle device is machined into the barrel, but it still meets that overall length of 16 inches. So once you've kind of got that piece out of the way, you, you have to determine what purpose is this going to serve. And, and it may not necessarily be just one role. So you may have 
uh, an AR that you want to build that you want to use for home defense, but you're also going to be doing some general just plinking or target shooting or even maybe some competition with. So a lot of the different roles for these, um, or a lot of the different roles can be filled by the same gun, but you do want to kind of lay those out before you start purchasing parts because your role is going to dictate how you build out the whole system um, once you move, you know, from buying just the barrel. And Mark, how about you? I mean, do you, when you get this question, are, are people generally asking you profile questions? Are they generally asking you like length questions? Like when, when people are shopping for barrels and they're asking your advice, kind of what's the first thing they, they jump up to with you? It, it, I, I agree with what Pat says. I mean, you have to determine the purpose of the rifle. Um, you know, personally, I like having specific builds for specific things. And depending on if you're starting out and need something that does a lot of different things well, or, or something specific like punch and paper, for example, or if you want to do a, a course where you're going fast and lighter weight helps. Um, so I try to narrow down with folks, what is the purpose? And I agree with Pat on that. That's probably the key thing. And then, you know, once you get into that purpose, then you can look at different things like match series versus duty series and, and kind of really narrow in on the purpose and tell them what the benefits of those different things are. For sure. All right. So some of those things are mentioned here in the slide. Obviously, we're talking, you know, kind of the the length of range. You know, are you doing this competition shooting? Um, you know, because some competitions will also have different variables as far as to what barrels can be used. And, and also some that just aren't useful, depending on what, you know, platform or what stage of shooting that you might be in. Uh, definitely need to pay attention to those gun laws. Um, and also, you know, is this a rifle you're building from scratch? Is this a rifle you're modding? Um, you know, what things are you willing to replace um, or adjust? You know, when we think about, you know, how's your handguard attached? What's your gas system look like? What type of bolt carrier group are you using? So all those things kind of play into it. I like to think of it as kind of like buying a car. You know, like if you need to be hauling stuff around and you have five kids or whatever, like the Mazda Miata probably is not your first choice, even though it does somewhat of the same thing, right? These are going to be kind of purpose built, which I think is kind of the beauty uh, of the AR-15 platform. But let's go ahead and talk about some profiles of barrels. Um, and the, you know, the first kind of granddaddy of them all uh, you know, it would be that government SOCOM uh, style. Um, you know, Mark, where would people have first kind of seen this profile? And, you know, how long has it been? Or maybe was it, you know, one of the primary, uh, you know, primary barrel profiles? You would first see this profile back in the 80s when they went to the A2 and they heavied up the barrel a bit, you know, in the front and so on. So that would have been its origin. And then the M4 is kind of a type of government SOCOM with the cut for the M203. Um, but that's, that's kind of where they got started. And it's, I guess it's one of our more popular profiles. Yeah. And Pat, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that even after all the, you know, leaps in barrel manufacturing, you know, not just us, but, you know, a lot of you know, modern manufacturers included, even with all these things that, that we could do now, you know, why do these kind of larger, heavier, you know, bigger profile bar uh, barrels, why are they still, you know, a, a leading seller, even for people like us? 
a big part of it is it's it's kind of a tried and true profile it like mark said it's been around for uh, a long time um people are used to seeing it people know it as far as profiles goes it's not a bad profile um it's a good medium weight you know just kind of general use profile um that serves its purpose. It's, it may not be the most ideal for every situation, you know, like we talked about before situation dictates what you're using. You know, it, it may not be, it may not be heavy enough for a long range target shooter and it may be way too heavy for the guy doing the ultralight build. Um, so it, it falls kind of right in the middle of the spectrum. And, and I think that's, that's what people go for a lot of times is they want a little bit of both worlds. So yeah. they, they think that fits the role. Yeah. They don't want to go too far either way. And mm-hmm. so it, it, you know, they're playing it safe uh, in the middle. Now you will notice that on our slides, uh, you know, we do have some, uh, you know, kind of what we like to call facts and specific pros, if you will, to the barrel profile. Uh, a lot of these are going to be similar uh, the fact that, you know, we do like salt bath nitriding on all of our barrels, like regardless of series, size, and profile. The fact that we manufacture them in-house, that they do button rifling, we do our own stress relieving and mag particle inspection uh, all in-house. Um, but, you know, the overall kind of con, if you will, of the barrel is just the distribution of weight, right? So the heaviest portion of the barrel is furthest from the shooter. You know, Mark, where, how, how does that affect how somebody is going from you know, target maneuvering or, um, you know, just kind of overall fatigue maybe on the body uh, as far as that, that weight distribution. Yeah, if you're doing a lot of shooting, all that weight's out the end. It will be slower target to target because of where the weight is. Um, but it's a great general use barrel. Um, it's, it's on our new line of rifles, the first rifle. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's been a real good performer. Uh, but if you're if you're going for more specific needs, it may not be the exact profile you want. Got it. Yeah. And so again, tried and true. I think over the years, I mean, this is obviously what our, you know, so common style looks like. I think over the years, you know, various different manufacturers and things have kind of had little tweaks to, you know, the aesthetic of the profile. But I mean, typically if you see that kind of big you know, after the gas journal, that big kind of tube, you're typically looking at some kind of, uh, some kind of SOCOM profile. Let's go ahead and move to our pencil uh, profile. Now, the, the big thing with this, and I think we should probably address it up front, is the historical reputation of pencils. So I'm not saying our pencil barrel, um, you know, since we've been around since 2012, but we're talking historical, I don't know, what what would you say, Mark, 60s, 70s, 80s, when people were first trying to make pencil barrels and they were just kind of like straw tubes, you know, it just, they couldn't do the same type of manufacturing stuff that we do. I mean, the original AR-15 was pencil. So that was kind of the idea, lighter weight, easier on the soldier and so forth. Um, I think the relieving has improved quite a bit since then. And that's what differentiates the barrels from then till now. Um, you know, with the proper heat stress relief, uh, groups are going to open up when the barrel's hot and that's going to happen. But generally the point, the center of the average of the group doesn't move. So it gets larger or smaller depending upon how hot or cool it is. Uh, so from that viewpoint, the technology on the stress relief has really helped these things perform better. For sure. Yeah. 
you know, something you mentioned too was, you know, that, uh, you know, our barrels, our pencil profile barrels are what's going into the, uh, what would stoner do rifle from, you know, in-range and Brownells and, um, you know, so we've gotten a reputation with it, but kind of what are your insights on, on the, on the pencil profile, both, you know, yesterday, yesterday, far and today. (laughs) Yeah. On the, uh, the historical side of things, uh, the real limitation has been the stress relieving, um, especially back in the cold SP one days, they just did not have the technology and the science, um, available, you know, that we have available to us now. So if you look at the, what would stoner do project, which in range TV did a whole series of videos on that are great to watch. If you go check them out on YouTube, um, they did a specific video comparing our pencil barrel to a cold SP one. And they basically shot a, shot a five round group, dumped an entire magazine as quickly as possible and then laid back down and shot another five shot group. And what they're trying to show is that the center of the group still stays the same with a properly stress relieved modern pencil barrel. Whereas with the Colt SP one barrel, the groups were kind of all over the place. Like you couldn't, you couldn't pick a center point of the group because it was flinging rounds, you know, high, right, low, left, way off the target, you know, so it was kind of all over the place. Whereas with the modern pencil barrels, the groups will open up, like Mark said, you know, they will get larger in size, but your point of aim and point of impact is not going to shift. Now, something that you mentioned there is obviously heat and how they, you know, as the barrel heats up, regardless of profile is going to impact your, your grouping. You know, whether, whether that's a, you know, five shots or 10 shots or however many, as long as that barrel keeps heating up, you're probably going to see that expand a bit. Um, and Mark, when you and I were talking earlier, you know, I keep thinking of heat dispersion and heat distribution. And, and I think you put it in better terming with heat saturation. You know, yes, the pencil barrels heat up quicker, but they also cool down quicker. Could you just say, you know, maybe share some of the, the perks of that or maybe the shortfalls of that or, or, you know, what you think maybe people don't think of when they're, they think about heat and pencil barrels. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a reason why paper punching guys use heavy barrels. You know, they can shoot them hot and they, they keep their groups better longer. Uh, these barrels, there's not as much material there. So it does heat up quicker and you're going to see that group open up, but with the point of impact, not changing the average, the middle, not changing, um, you know, if you're ringing steel at a couple hundred yards, it's really not going to affect you that much. Um, the other thing is they do cool off quick, and as they cool off, the group will shrink back down. So, you know, for sustained rates of fire, probably not your best choice. But for going fast and the, the guys with the race guns and the guys doing the lightweight builds, uh, this has been their barrel of choice. Yeah, I think that's a big thing to hit on, you know, is just the fact that this is kind of the bread and butter in the lightweight game. You know, there's so much, you know, mass can be reduced, so much overall weight can be reduced in your gun if you are able to drop the weight on the barrel. And I know that some folks have talked to us that, you know, they love this for competition, especially in certain competitions, you kind of, you're doing other things and then you get to the AR, you know what I mean? Then you have to pick up that lightweight. And at that point, like it's, it's like you're measuring grams, like any gram of weight I could take off to make this easier, you know, in the competition while still maintaining accuracy, you know, is a, is a very big deal. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really important thing when when it comes to accuracy. You a lot of people get very caught up in the pinpoint ultra precision definition of accuracy and you know can i shoot a dime size group at 800 yards which is a great thing to do and there's barrels and guns that are specifically designed for things like that but and they're not going to look like a, an ar with a pencil barrel generally uh where where you get into the realm of practical and functional accuracy you can see a lot of great benefits of a pencil barrel you know we have our ion ultralight rifle that has a uh, a 16 inch pencil barrel that we take it out and it gets shot full auto but even after shooting two or three mags of full auto you can still hit a, a man-sized silhouette steel target with a red dot at 250 yards so a lot of it's going to be, you know, your impression of it's going to be dictated by, you know, the the kind of how you define your situation. If it's practical use, general use, you want to be able to, even if it's a little hot, be able to hit, you know, a man size or a chest size target at reasonable distances. It's perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. This is so important to to point out because you're right. You're exactly right. As far as like practical accuracy and functional accuracy and kind of what people think, like, you know, like you were saying that dime size dot at 800 yards. I mean, if that is your home defense worry, uh, that's, that's a big worry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's a, if you got to be shooting bumblebees out of the sky, you know, at, at 800 yards then I, you know, maybe, maybe not the pencil barrel for you. But, um, one thing I do want to ask with this and, and I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't give you a heads up on it, but thinking about weight, thinking about building lightweight guns, which so many of these go into, and we're talking about like reciprocating mass and all this, like how does, you know, a, a lightweight build versus like your standard traditional, you know, SOCOM profile kind of full body build, you know, compare as far as like in, in felt recoil and things like that. Like what, what are kind of the, the bigger differences or how would you describe it to someone who's getting ready to shoot one for the first time? A lot of that's going to be determined by, the other parts you choose. So if we take a step back to step one is defining, defining your role. So we're going to start with, we want to do an ultralight build. Now there's a lot of different forms that can take with the first being just put a lightweight barrel on there, take a little bit of weight out of the front end, use standard mil spec style parts in every, every other part of the gun. And in that situation, you're just going to have a slightly lighter gun. It's going to be a little less heavy out on the front end. Um, but you're not going to see any real differences as far as general function and recoil and things along those lines where the ultralight parts and the lighter weight parts really start to shine is when you're doing a more tuned system. So if you take your pencil profile barrel, you just shave some weight off the front end and you pair that with a lightweight bolt carrier group, you put your lightweight bolt carrier group in, you're shaving a few more ounces out of the build. So your overall weight is down. The other big thing you're doing there is you're lowering the reciprocating mass when you shoot. Now that, that lighter 
mass typically needs to be offset with either an adjustable gas block or a heavier buffer. For our ions, we do an H buffer with an adjustable gas block so that you're still getting, you know, proper lock time and everything that you need, um, you know, for proper function. But what, what the adjustable gas block does is it only allows enough gas into the system that is needed to function properly. So then at that point, you're not getting the excess force into the system, which causes you know more recoil or may cause things like bolt bounce. You're just having enough gas to cycle properly and reliably. And since you've pulled a few ounces out of that bolt carrier group, now you have less mass moving, moving back and forth, which is less felt recoil. Yeah, the other thing I would add to that is uh, on the muzzle end, uh, a good compensator will take care of uh, a lot of recoil situations like the, the comp we have, our integral comp. Uh, with that, when that thing's on the machine gun lower, um, it, it just kind of sits there. So, so the whole system um, being designed properly helps it perform the best. Yeah, so I mean, really to just take it back up to 10,000 feet, this isn't going to be what makes your rifle a lightweight rifle per se. You know, you can start shaving weight off of it, but if you really want to get into that lightweight game, you know, there's a lot more that goes to it rather than just swapping your, your SOCOM out for a pencil profile barrel. Yeah, exactly. If you have, if, you know, you're still dealing with the same amount of energy, it, whether you have a whole tune system or you have just a lighter weight barrel. So if you've got the same amount of force and you put only a lighter weight barrel in there or same amount of energy and only a lighter weight barrel that you're going to feel that weight reduction because the weight helps with absorbing that recoil. So when you move to a lighter weight system, you need to take other steps to, uh, you know, minimize that and deal with that energy uh, in the correct way so that it's not just increasing your felt recoil. If all you do is put a lighter barrel or a lighter handguard on there and you're not doing anything with the gas system itself, it's just going to recoil more. Got it. Well, let's take it and put it in the best of both worlds, uh, looking at something that is, you know, really a, a, a kind of a facts and staple, if you will, is our own uh, profile, the gunner profile, um, where, you know, in short, we're trying to take some of the best features of the SOCOM and blend it with some of the best, you know, features of the pencil barrel. Um, you know, and, and I think it's only been a few years, right, Pat and Mark, is that correct? It's only been a few years that, that Faxon's had these out on the market? Yeah, I think we've had the, the Gunner profile since about 2014. Okay. Yeah, so still, you know, still kind of a new... What's funny to me is, you know, sometimes we... You know, as I'm scheduling social media posts and things, you know, I'll do a different like product highlight or something, or, you know, we'll talk about our guardian purchase program. And we kind of think like a lot of our stuff is common knowledge now, what we carry and what we make and some of our kind of bigger name items. And then, you know, I'll get a random blog that picks us up and says, Faxon announces new gunner barrels. And I'm like, uh, no, not today. I didn't, you know, uh, it's been around for a while, but I think it's worth revisiting um, you know, one of the things with the barrel, if you take a look at it, I'll flip back to the pencil page, you know, you take a look at the tapering, um, you know, down at the, uh, down when you're looking at the, the gas journal and you make your way up, 
you start to see a little bit of a more, I want to call it like a, you know, kind of a delicate taper. Whereas the taper, when you're looking at the gunner is going to be more like the SOCOM and then post gas journal, you're looking at more of the pencil. So what are, what are some of the things that this does? What, what problems does this solve? Why do people find this to be, you know, an attractive barrel option? People love it because it, it is kind of the best of both worlds between the lightweight benefits of a pencil and the benefits of a more, you know, midweight uh, government SOCOM profile. So the big thing it does is it removes the weight that the SOCOM has out front of the gas journal. It removes that completely and goes to a pencil profile. So you have the, the ability to maneuver a little bit quicker. You can, if you're doing competition or just shooting for fun and you're transitioning between targets, it allows you to swing the front end of that gun quicker. It retains the weight in the rear, so you still have some of the benefits of the the slightly heavier profile back closer towards the shooter, um, which gives it a lot more balance. You're not dealing with heavier weight out at the very end where it's furthest from your body. It brings the it keeps all the weight of the barrel closer to the shooter. Um, so even though there's not a significant difference in weight between the the SOCOM and the gunner, it, it has a much better feel to it just because of the balance of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think too, you know, for folks that are looking at, you know, aesthetic type pieces, you know, the, you kind of get a little more of a, you know, sexy curve on it. You know, if you're making something that also you want it to be kind of a show gun, it does some of the stuff that the pencil is going to do for you, especially, you know, what parts are visible towards the end of your handguard. Um, but at the same time, you know, allowing some of the, the same rigidity that you would come to expect from, uh, from a SOCOM. Mark, what, what, what do you think um, helps with that weight distribution? I mean, you're really keeping the, the weight at the back. Pat mentioned, um, you know, being able to go, you know, moving the muzzle end around a little quicker target to target. You know, mm-hmm. overall for the feel of the gun, you know, how do you, how do you think that, you know, impacts folks to have that, that weight back towards... Uh, you know, back towards the shooter. Well, I agree with Pat on all the maneuverability of it. But the other thing is you're getting some more mass back there uh, for that heat saturation that we're talking about with the pencil. So it does a little bit better with the heat saturation. And then uh, guys who are doing uh, dissipator type builds or whatever, the gas block journal is actually 1.9 inches and it'll fit an A2 on there for guys that want to do that. Um, but the, to me, the main thing is the function, a little bit extra mass. Uh, I think this is our most popular barrel for the competition guys. Pencil being the most popular for the lightweight build guys. But I think we sell a lot of these to the guys that shoot competitively. For sure. Yeah, exactly. And, and over the years, we've had um, the gunner and the pencil barrel for us, as far as, you know, most popular have battled a lot for the one and two position. Um, the gunner has really pulled ahead over the last two to three years as our best selling barrel, our most popular barrel. And we get the question a lot, you know, why would I go with one over the other? Um, you know, I like the lightweight, but why would I go with a pencil instead of a gunner or vice versa? And generally our answer is if you're going for ultralight as light as possible, you know, you really care about the, the number on the scale. You want it as light as possible. Pencil's perfect for that. Um, if you're looking for the benefits of a lighter weight 
barrel, but still want something for a little bit more general use. Um, you know, you can beat up on it a little bit more. You can heat it up a little bit more and you don't really mind the extra three or four ounces between the two, then go with the gunner. Very good. Let's, uh, we have a couple more quick things that I want to hit just because, uh, you know, they aren't necessarily profiles, but they definitely go into the barrel shopping uh, and AR build equation. And that is talking about fluting. And, uh, you know, especially for your larger, you know, your larger size loads, just these things are starting to get heavy, Uh, longer lengths, larger rounds, all of these things are starting to really put a lot of weight on there. Um, And so that's where fluting comes into the picture where you're trying to reduce um, some overall mass, but you also need to keep that rigidity. You need to be able to have good heat dissipation. And we do what you see uh, on top here is an example of our heavy fluting and then our patented uh, flame fluting. Um, Mark, you want to give just kind of the, you know, hundred foot view of, of what fluting is all about and maybe some of the features that people see on some of our barrels. Yeah. The, uh, fluted barrels are going to be for the guys who like punching paper or hunting. Um, my favorite barrels are heavy fluted. So the flutes add rigidity. They add uh, surface area for cooling. Um, and I don't know, they're just, they're, they're, one of my favorite profiles personally. So the other thing that, you know, we could talk about with fluting is just the sheer fact that this weight reduction happens all the way up and down the barrel. So, you know, we're talking about weight being removed all over the place and not just, you know, after a gas journal uh, or just at one end of the barrel. Um, Pat, you want to speak to that and maybe how it affects, you know, overall weight and, and just balance of the barrel itself? Yeah, the reason people love fluted barrels so much is it gives you a kind of a best of both worlds. Just like our gunner profile is a great balance of the SOCOM and the pencil, fluted barrels offer you the diameter of a heavier profile barrel. barrel, And with that greater diameter comes better rigidity, you know, better handling of heat, see typically um but it also has the benefit of being a little bit closer to a medium weight barrel because when you do those flutes in the machine you're removing material so when you're pulling that material out you're pulling steel off of the barrel and that means you're reducing the weight so it, it it's a way to balance the, the the good parts of both a heavier profile barrel and a mid-weight barrel you know, and, and Margaret, I remember at, at SHOT Show, we had a lot of people coming and talking to us about fluted barrels simply because of the calibers and things that we offer them in because there were more and more states that were opening up the use of rifles for hunting. Um, what are some of the more like popular hunting loads for, for rifle? You know, what, what are those more popular calibers and, you know, maybe what, what do we offer for them? Well, depending on what you're going after. So, you know, the bigger game is going to be the AR-10 platform calibers, your Creedmoor and 308. And, uh, you know, hog hunters can can also use those calibers, but they, if they want a little bit lighter weight rig, they could go with the AR-15 platform and, and use the 300 Blackout, 6.5 Grendel. Uh, Valkyrie is probably even valid for that. So, um, you know, just kind of depending on the game you're going after. 
but again, <laughs> kind of purpose driven for the build of, of uh, you know, the goal is for the build. It's our recurring theme. So it's your goal. It's your purpose. Uh, it's the 16 inch and greater barrels that are going to be the, the fluted profiles just because not many people are doing like a pistol build where they're needing a heavy fluted type barrel because they're trying to push the accuracy levels, you know, for, for something like that, the, the SOCOM or gunners do very well. Um, but I know we do offer a 14 and a half inch flame fluted and that's the shortest we do in any of the fluting styles. And in the AR 10 platform, we go all the way up to a 24 inch and six, five Creedmoor. Which is giant. <laughs> it's a giant flavor. And if it, if it fails you as a barrel on your gun, you could always take it off and use it as a bat. Um, yep. The, the Now, the thing with our patented flame fluting, now some of you may only be familiar with our flame fluting on like some of our handgun barrels, you know, but I, I think the, the best looking of our flame fluting uh, and, and really the original onus for the flame fluting was four barrels like this, like you see pictured here on the bottom. And really what that is, is it's variable depth, right? I mean, that's that's how we're getting that ease, kind of ease in, ease out, that kind of flame pattern. You know, it's not like taking one depth of hole and making it a certain size. This is actually a variable depth as it goes down, as it goes down the barrel. Yeah, exactly. And and beyond just looking cool, which I think the flame fluting has a great look to it. Um, if you get down to kind of the nerdy level of things, if you were to take a cross section of the barrel, uh, you're not going to have the same linear lines of stress spanning the entire length of the barrel on a flame fluted like you would in a heavy fluted. So it's a little less stress in the barrel material. And also if you're wanting something a little bit heavier than a heavy fluted, the flame fluted barrels um, are a little bit heavier in overall weight. Sometimes people get a little confused. The name heavy in our heavy fluted barrel is actually referring to the style of fluting. So it's a, they're very deep flutes. Um, so it's not a big heavy barrel that also happens to be lightly fluted. It's a it's a heavier fluted barrel. And then if you want something a little bit step up from that in, in the weight category um, for the calibers that it's available in, you can move up to the, the heavy fluted profile or the uh, flame fluted profile profile excuse me <laughs> i love that uh, heavy barrel lightly fluted uh, yes yeah that's good i like it um so yeah yeah and and again i mean some people are going to be like ah, aesthetics don't matter or whatever and you know that's why you know with the flame fluting it's not just about it i mean some people do some people buy just for the aesthetics i i you know like to put it like this every time we post like a composite picture of our chameleon barrels or any of our chameleon stuff, the multicolored stuff that we do. Uh, people are like, Oh, who needs that fairy tool? <laughs> and they continue to be one of our top selling things every single time uh, we, we put them out. So you could, you could talk a big game that you don't care about aesthetics on certain stuff, but darn tootin' you do because this <laughs> the sales and all your other Instagram posts say so. Uh, but yeah, definitely check those out. Um, and uh, they are, they're impressive. And one thing that you might see uh, in these barrel pictures as opposed to the ones earlier is the nickel Teflon extension on these because these are both in our match series of barrels. And our barrels fall into two categories, our duty series and our match series. This is a, a page lifted out of our product catalog for the year. Um, the one thing to remember is all of the 
kind of hardcore stuff about how we manufacture barrels. You know, the, uh, the mag particle inspection, all the heat treating, all of that kind of stuff, salt bath nitriding, all of that stuff is the same. Um, duty series and match series. Where you start to come into a little bit of difference is going to be with uh, the type of rifling we're using in each and obviously the nickel Teflon extension and so on. Um, Mark or Pat, do you, which of you would like to talk about maybe the differences between our duty series and the match series first? Well, the, uh, the, the, there, there's a couple key differences between the, the two categories and, and, um, for some of our barrel profiles, we offer them in both variations. So we kind of let the consumer pick, you know, what, what role you're trying to fill and what fits your needs best. Um, the main differences between duty series and mass series are going to be the material. The duty series is 4150 chrome moly vanadium. The match series is 416R stainless. So with the match series, we're giving a little bit, uh, or we're taking a step forward towards imp- um, giving you a better chance of shooting more accurately. Um, we always like to phrase it that way because it still comes down to the shooter. Um, so, but we're going to give you a couple technical advantages with the match series. So 416R stainless, when you button rifle it, takes the form of the button slightly better than 4150. So it has the potential to be more accurate um, because it, it mimics, the, the bore mimics the shape of the button a little bit better. Another big difference in the match series is going to be 5R rifling. Um, you know, so we've got a great blog post that walks through all of the, the benefits of 5R rifling, and that's available on all of the match series barrels, uh, all of the match series rifle barrels. And then for the rifle barrel line, the other big difference is going to be the nickel Teflon coated extension. So when you're looking at this image or you're looking at product images, the easiest way to pick a match series barrel out is that it's got a silver extension on there rather than a nitrided black extension. The nickel Teflon has a little bit better lubricity, so it's going to be easier to clean and it's going to help with feeding a little bit better. Um, it's just, you know, an added little benefit, a nice touch for functionality and to get to a little bit more of a premium product. Um, the final difference is going to be the crowns of the barrel. So the crown is, you know, at the end, that's the last, it's where when your bullet comes out of the barrel, your gases hit your crown. If you have a bad crown on your barrel, it's going to completely ruin your accuracy. Um, and you'll, you'll shoot a bunch of ammo trying to figure out what the problem is. And it's, it's a crown issue. So, we do an 11 degree target crown on our duty series of barrels. And then the match to match series of barrels is a recessed 11 degree target crown. It's also called a Cooper target crown where you basically step that crown back down a little bit. So you give it a little bit more protection, um, especially when you're talking about more accuracy oriented barrels. A lot of shooters will not put muzzle brakes or muzzle devices on there. So they may be going to the range with just a bare crown and it gives it that added layer of protection that, you know, if you bang into something or you hit it on a concrete bench or, you know, something like that, that you're not going to completely trash the accuracy of your rifle. 
Mark, what would you say are some of the benefits of like the, of the five hour rifling? I mean, obviously, you know, this isn't something we came up with. Other people do five hour rifling, uh, but what are some of the benefits? I mean, I know we have the diagram here and we have the previous, you know, kind of literature and blog posts, but uh, just from, you know, your side of doing things and also as a, a shooter yourself, you know, what do you see as some of the benefits with five R? Well, it, it comes a lot down to when the bullet engraves into the rifling. If you look at the little diagram there, uh, on traditional six groove, you have land across from land and groove across from groove. And in 5R, you have land across from groove. So when that bullet jumps into the rifling, um, it deforms less, which you know gives you a better chance at good accuracy. Um, the other thing is they clean easier. So instead of having right angles on the lands, they're tapered a little bit and that helps in cleaning and also, you know, with the bullets slipping down the barrel. So like Pat said, the, the match barrels give you a better chance at accuracy. You know, the rest of the build is also going to have to be there. Uh, but these things obviously help with the whole physics of the bullet. Excellent. Well, that brings us towards the end. I do just want to touch quickly on integral barrels and pin gas block barrels. Now we've talked about these in previous podcasts, so, you know, go check those out and we have uh, some FAQs on them as well. Um, and we just, you know, did a whole episode on the pin gas block barrels not too long ago. Uh, so you could check those out for more details, but again, trying to fit some needs uh, that the market has and also, you know, innovate along the way. Um, you know, some folks, especially like out in California and places that really have some strict, you know, barrel length laws and so on, uh, have loved these integral barrels. Also, the folks who are doing lightweight builds have loved these integral barrels. Again, uh, available in 9mm and 5.56. Five, um, but we also, you know, have our pin gas block barrels as well. So again, these are uh, machine in-house, just like all of our other barrels made from raw stock. We've taken our top SKUs, our top profiles, kind of in each of the popular categories for pin gas block and integral um, to kind of launch these lines. And they're all available on our website right now at factsandfirearms.com. Mark, Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. All right. We'll see you guys next week. We want to extend our deepest gratitude to military, police, first responders, and more by saying thank you with special pricing and discounts on all facts and products. Here's how you get started. First, you'll head on over to our website, factsandfirearms.com. From there, you'll want to click support and guardian purchase program in the dropdown. Then you'll see the instructions on how to get started. So let's just walk through those. First, you'll wanna register for an account on our website. If you've already bought something from us on our website before, then this part's already taken care of. Second, you'll want to send a copy of your credentials or some reasonable verification of affiliation to customer service at factionfirearms.com. We get a lot of emails where people are like, hey, will this count, will this ID count, will this VA card count? Chances are, yes, a lot of them will count, but make sure you attach an image or a copy of that verification to the email before you even ask customer service. That way they can expedite the process for you. As soon as the account has been created or updated, we will send you an email letting you know that you're ready to go. The discount will be available anytime online when you go to your shopping cart. If you have any more questions, please email customer service at factsandfirearms.com.